Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Hey everybody, it's Devin Kadiyama. Just a quick note that we are off Friday, but we're still going to have a newsletter for you. So if you haven't yet, head over to our episode notes and subscribe so that you don't miss our weekly updates and stuff we're interested in telling you about. We'll be back on Monday with a new episode in our series, By the People, which is all about how democracy goes down in the Bay Area and where you can plug in. The next few days are going to be really significant for the pandemic. Health experts have been warning us that Thanksgiving and this coming weekend could be a COVID super spreading event. And the people who know what this means to our hospitals firsthand are nurses. Earlier this year, Erica Cruz Guevara, or ECG as we call her, interviewed a Bay Area Filipina nurse about how she got into the job decades ago. Growing up Filipino-American, I was always encouraged, though clearly not pressured, to become a nurse. And there were people in my family to look up to for this, like my Auntie Jolene, my Ata Sierra, my Ata Raylan, my Kuya Arnold. And they're part of a long legacy of Filipino nurses in the U.S. And that legacy is even more real here in the Bay Area. Before I got to the to high school, That's when I thought maybe, you know, I would like to be a nurse like auntie. The U.S. colonization of the Philippines helped create a pipeline that resulted in tens of thousands of Filipino nurses immigrating here for nursing jobs. Now, almost one in five California nurses is Filipino, and they're on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, the story of one Filipina who spent decades caring for people all over the region. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I was born and uh, raised in uh, Manila, in the Philippines. Evelyn Legarte is a retired nurse currently living in Hercules. She's worked all over the Bay Area, but her last job was in San Pablo. Every summer vacation, I'm at my, my great-grandma's house. And then uh, my auntie, who migrated here in 1955, they said she came here when I was just born. She had a big picture hanging on one of the walls at the house. I was always being like attracted to her picture wearing all white, you know. 
the uniforms, the stockings, the shoes, and the, of course the nurse's cap. Before I got to the to high school, that's when I thought maybe you know I would like to be a nurse like auntie. I just fantasized on that picture already that I will be a nurse like her. I'll be wearing that cap like her. Tita Evelyn's aunt, Felicidad Marvive, came to the U.S. in 1955 and paved the way for Tita Evelyn and her family to follow in the late 70s and early 80s. And during this time, the number of Filipinos immigrating to the U.S. was skyrocketing. And where did that auntie of yours migrate to when she came to the United States? She went straight to Daly City. I know they always say that um, Daly City is where all the Filipinos are, and you can tell because it's foggy and those are just the rice cookers. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember your first day in America? Yeah, they toured me, uh, where did I first go? Uh, Downtown, but then, you know, uh, because in Daly City, you know, you can see all the houses on, on top of the hills. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, you know, this is America. I'm, I'm in America. And they brought me to uh, Golden Gate, which of course is the highlight. It remains our Western Statue of Liberty, welcoming those from foreign lands who come to visit or to stay here. Then the Koi Tower. Then we went, to, we went driving around uh, Monterey, see the big houses there. I said, wow, you know, this is it. This is where life is. Dita Evelyn had worked as an ER nurse in the Philippines, but those credentials didn't mean as much when she first got to the U.S. So her first job was as a certified nursing assistant for St. Francis Convalescent in Daly City. And she said that was a demanding job with longer hours than she was used to. It was tough because, you know, they, you have to give uh, like showers or bed bath to the patients and you get them up on a wheelchair and it was very hard for me then because I didn't do any bedside nursing when I was back home and I was so tiny that you know it was hard to get them up from the bed to the wheelchair or the shower chair and sometimes patients are really like confused they get hold of the shower and then they give me a shower instead In the early 80s, Tita Evelyn took some time off from nursing to take care of her baby son. But eventually, she passed the registered nurse's board exam and found a job as a vocational nurse in San Pablo. You and I got connected because you actually worked with my Auntie Jeline, who is also a nurse. Um, And in all these jobs that you had in the medical field in the Bay Area, were you working with a lot of other Filipinos? And did that surprise you? Yes. When I was in Daly City, you know, you know, there's, you know, all the cultures are there. But when we move here in the East Bay, the first hospital I worked for, it's like 90% were Filipinos. Wow. Was that comforting to you? Yes, it was. If you're new, like every facilities have like different policies and procedures. So they help you out. Like a lot of Filipinos, you were working as a nurse in the Bay Area during a huge public health crisis with the AIDS crisis. Um, Did you take care of any AIDS patients? Yes, 
I did. He was very young, in his early 20s. I think he was 23. And uh, he was by himself inside the room. Nobody came to visit him, no family, no friends. So, like, if I have the time, I spend more time at his bedside, just holding his hand. You know, he, he doesn't talk much anymore. He just laid down there and, you know, quietly. Sometimes he gets in a lot of pain, so you give him his pain pill. He gets uh, short of breath, uh, even with the oxygen on. So uh, I just put on my, my gloves, and sometimes uh, if he's, he was coughing a lot, then I put on my mask. Because, you know, we were already trained that, you know, AIDS... Uh, you can only get AIDS through like the, the body fluid. So the gloves mm -hmm. will be fine since he was uh, having a lot of uh, rashes all over and some open blisters. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, yeah, the, the day when I saw that he, it was almost time for him to go because he was gasping a lot of breath already. I stood there for a while and held his hand just to make him feel that, you know, somebody was there with him when he goes. After he took his last breath, I just stood there with him and I just said my prayers. Do you still think about him from time to time? Uh, yes. Uh, that's one of the things that I cannot uh, forget throughout my nursing career. It's like uh, even now I could uh, remember his face. Mm. And I always like tell people, even my families, my friends, that, you know, like, when they talk about, like, contagious diseases, so I tell them about that experience of mine. Hmm. Why? Because I want them to know that, like, if somebody is contagious, for example, now the COVID, you know, like, I'm scared if, like, one of my friends or one of my family members get the, the virus and they go in the hospitals, then you won't be able to see them anymore. I'm thinking sometimes, you know, if they go in, you cannot see them go out anymore. That's what I'm so afraid of. It sounds like you saw what it was like to to see someone die alone. And that that's something that you don't want other people to go through. Yeah, I don't want to go through that experience. What are some of the things that go into taking care of people as a nurse that other people maybe don't think about? That, you know, uh, when patients are sick, it's like you have to show more affection because it's very hard to tolerate pain and then pain makes somebody like angry or they get very irritable. You have to like calm them down or like uh, tell them, kindly that you know you are doing everything for the patient that their needs are met every day actually i feel like when i'm at work it's like my first home because i, I spend like 12 hours at work so like well i enjoy doing what i've been doing especially in the nursing homes because uh, there's, we have the elderly there, 
So it's it's like taking care of your your mom and dad or your grandparents. Like some patients doesn't even have families that come visit them. So it's like uh, when you get attached to them, you you'll feel like uh, there's a fulfillment inside you every day you go home. There are a lot of Filipino nurses on the front lines today um, with COVID-19, um, and my cousins here in the Bay Area are included in that. Uh, do you feel relief that you don't have to be a nurse during this health crisis? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you know I'm scared because I still have my my parents. I see them every weekend. Oh, wow. So even now, sometimes if uh, I, I get a coffee because I have bad allergies, so if I get like a little bit of coughing, my mom calls, are you coming? And I said, maybe next weekend. And she, she, she'll ask, do you have COVID? How come you're not coming anymore? <laughs> yeah. Then she calls my other sister in Daly City. Do you guys have COVID there? How come you don't come visit me? Yeah, I feel sorry for them because I cannot go there. Do you talk to other Filipino nurses who are still working with COVID-19 patients, your old colleagues? Yes, my classmates back in college. So we still have uh, uh, chats on uh, Facebook. Yeah, some are still working. So we say just stay safe, you know. How are they doing? They said they're doing fine. You know, they have to really wear all these PPEs and, you know, just be careful uh, when they go home to their families, especially they have uh, some has their grandchildren too. And when you think about how you approached your job, um, what do you hope your patients remember about how you took care of them? Uh, I wish they remember that was that's uh, there's this tiny nurse that goes there in there every now and then checking out if they're okay. You know, if they had their meals, you know, if they're in pain, if they need something else, or you know, you get them out of their rooms to attend activities activities to, to mingle and talk to other patients even if like I'm passing another hallway even if they're not my patients if I'm passing another hallway if I see a light on the door I go in and ask them you know what can I do for you Tita Avilan thank you so much for joining us you're welcome I hope uh, I did something good. Since this episode first aired back in May, Tita Evelyn's sister and several other family members tested positive for COVID-19. They have thankfully recovered, and Tita Evelyn said she prayed hard for them. We've also learned a lot more about the disproportionate impact COVID-19 has had on Filipino nurses. A September report from National Nurses United, the country's largest registered nurse union, 
found that Filipino nurses make up only 4% of nurses in the U.S., but a third of COVID-19 nurse deaths. That makes Filipinos one of the largest ethnic groups of nurses to die from the virus. This episode of The Bay was produced by me, Devin Karayama, and Alan Montesilio. We at The Bay want to thank you for listening to our show. We wish you a safe holiday. Please stay home, wear your mask, and wash your hands in honor of the healthcare workers working tirelessly out there. We'll catch you back here on Monday. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts.